This podcast is brought to you by our partners at 8 Star Energy. 8 Star Energy, a clean energy company, leading the future of portable and renewable energy. To find out more, follow them on Facebook at 8 Star Energy. I want attacking purpose for football all the time. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to fight and we're going to fight hard. You've got to show me all the guts and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. A marvellous kick. That's as good as you'll ever see. And it puts Graham back in front. I don't know about you guys, but if I see one bloke walking out of here, give the pat on the back from people out there for a good effort, I'll spill up. From inside the centre square, boys kick the goal. Boys kick the goal. From inside the centre. F***. <laughs> <laughs> Third time lucky. Why am I saying that? We've recorded this episode twice and it is still exciting to do it. Hi folks, I'm Danny McGinley. Welcome to Danny Boyd, podcast about the Bulldogs. I'm here with Tom Boyd from Danny Boyd. Hi Tom. Hi, how are you going? Um, <laughs> I'm still good. A- <laughs> <laughs> so it's equal parts my fault and Danny's fault for this to be the third attempt. We will keep the enthusiasm high because we do love talking about the Bulldogs, but uh, first time I turned my microphone off, so Danny had a conversation with himself, which may actually be a Patreon release just to hear how Danny's thoughts sit, sit without me in here. It'll be interesting to hear how um, how that one comes up. And then Danny forgot to put the um, microchip back into the... Uh, into my the 5G <laughs> vaccination. And, uh, so what we're trying to do, and by the way, uh, just another insight, let's since we're being honest with our fans, this is what we do, is um, we're recording this, uh, we're recording a bunch of episodes on a day. Yes. Just you and me, uh, because you're about to have a baby. A baby. uh, And work. And work and release a book. Yes. What's the book called? Let's plug it now. That's a great question. Thank you. What's a great good title? (laughs) No, I had actually had the conversation with the publisher. Um, Is it A Little Boyd Told Me? A little Boyd told me. Well, I could call it Danny Boyd. That would uh, be one brand. um, Do you need me to write the forward? It actually is funny. And I will share something which which is exciting because I um, have been in this position in my life for the last little bit where, to be frank, I have five jobs and a thousand things going on. And I'm trying to do a renovation and and have a child and have all these different yeah. things that I need to do. And it's going to get so much harder once the baby arrives. Exactly right. Yeah. So we, we've basically been in a situation where I've been trying to do a bit of life planning yep. and had the big pep talk with Anna about- Anna, your partner. Com- Anna, my fiance, um, about what's coming up for us and, and what things are going to look like and just trying to work out work and then playing local footy and- all of the things that are going on yep. whilst having a child, which being the absolute number one priority. And, Behind support, this and supporting Anna. Yeah, and the, and the podcast. But podcast sh- number one, we'll, family number we'll two. We'll cut this bit out so Anna can't Absolutely. Hear it. Oh, Anna no, can't she, hear it. Yeah, she no. understands. <laughs> no, we, we. And um, funnily enough, one of the things that was really on the horizon that was going to be a massive challenge was this book and the sort of um, press and publicity and all yep. of the promotion you have to do around it. Um, and it had originally been earmarked as a May release. So I sat down with the publisher full of angst and, you know, how are we going to sort this out? Just given under this big speech. And the publisher said, so we haven't spoken in a while, Tom. We've earmarked the 2nd of August for the release. Oh. And, I was like, <laughs> and I was like, the publisher's name is Tom um, as well. I said, Tom, I'll stop you there. 
we don't really even need to have this meeting because now I'm not worried because by August <laughs> I'll have my life in order. So um, no, you won't. You'll have, you'll have a four month old. I'll have some for- version of normality in terms of like my work, my life, my footy. And and I just job. want you to pause there just for all the parents to stop laughing yes. right now at the naivety of that statement. Well, I can tell you that it can't be harder than right when the birth is happening to try and release a book. <laughs> yeah, that's right. true. All right, I'll so give you that. Slightly easier. Let's say five percent, maybe. <laughs> Anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, the book's coming out in August. August, great. August 2, um, which will be great. Be right before the finals kick off for the dogs. Damn straight. Um, by then, I'll have a title, I'm sure, <laughs> which will be fantastic. Who's writing the forward? Who have you got? Have you got, uh, a, have you got? That's a good question. I haven't actually discussed that, so I've got to write the prologue and epilogue and all that sort of, of stuff. Of course. And the ghostwriter does I might, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe what? I should get Peter to have a crack at it. That Peter Gordon? Yeah. Nah, Murph Hughes. That's who you want. Get someone who's been on this pod. Yeah, Get, well, I uh, think I need someone who knows me a little more deeply than Merv. Okay. Well, you, but your problem is, you know, if Peter Gordon writes like he does speeches, then uh, yeah. <laughs> the pro, the forward's going to be longer than your book. The editing process on, <laughs> on the forward will take longer than the editing It'll on my- It'll be the size of the yellow pages. And the good thing is, though, then you can market it. If you stand on Tom Boyd's book, you'll be as tall as Tom Boyd. That's right. And you'll be able to see the game at- um, <laughs> If you're sitting behind me. <laughs> so it's all very exciting. Um, yeah, so that's why uh, we've uh, spent this wonderful sunny Saturday afternoon inside um, here in Cremorne. Just talking to each other. Uh, we're now joined by Premiership Bulldog Nikki Callanan. Yeah! <laughs> Hello. How are you guys? Brilliant. Fired up, excited about AFLW finals that we hope we might be a part of, we just need results to go our way, it seems. Uh, yes, the doggies have done very well, though, with the amount of games they've had in so little time. So um, I am proud of the girls. As, as much as I'm proud with St Kilda girls finally getting a win the other day with uh, the amount of um, games in their short time as well. So, yes. Because <laughs> you, you work at St Kilda now. We should point that out. You've uh, you've betrayed uh, your, your roots. No, that's right. You've got a job. What, what is your job at St Kilda now? Um, St Kilda, so they, um, they've they got me as player development mentor and this year just gave me a little bit of a development coach role as well just to learn mm. a bit of both sides, so the wellbeing side and a bit of coaching side just to see where what path I might take. So, But I've still got the love for the doggies, don't you worry, Danny. Oh. <laughs> Will you, you, is the dream to be a senior coach? Uh, not a senior coach, Um Maybe, you know, along the lines of the line coach or something. Um, oh, who knows? You don't, you don't know where your path takes you, so <laughs> wait and see. <laughs> yeah, no, I reckon you'd be a brilliant, brilliant senior coach. Well, we, we just wanted to chat to you about, you know, it's been five years. Oh, no, four years. State schools are great schools of the, <laughs> since the magic of 2018. <laughs> But you you were you were a, you were part of the 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 inaugural uh, Bulldogs uh, club. You were playing at Darabin Falcons for ages. I was. And then, how did you get the call up for when? When I suppose I also want to know when did the rumours of an AFLW coming into existence start to bubble? Because you would have heard whispers for years, but when did it finally seem real? Um, probably the start of twenty sixteen. It felt real. Um, that was when they sort of said, "No, I think yeah." At the end of so it started 2017, that was what was going to happen. Um, so, but the lead up to that, the amount of um, people that were trying to push to get a, an AFLW league, 
um, it's been years. So to finally, yeah, hear that happen, yeah, probably early 2016 personally. Um, and then, yeah, they got like a big academy together that whole year and um, where you see so many of the girls now spread out throughout all the teams. Um, so developing that and preparing us for, yeah, the AFL W League starting since 2017. So back then, um, yeah, I was at Darren Falcon, so I was lucky enough to play alongside a lot of superstars that have come from that team. And um, I guess from that, I, I, I yeah, I was lucky enough to be in like the big squads from 2015 and then, um, yeah, been in that sort of mix, I guess, and then got put into the draft. I should probably know this, but I don't. So um, did you play at the same year of the Bulldogs as my sister? I did, yes. So I was there from, and- yeah, 2017 and then she was 2018. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I should know this, but I don't. Um, <laughs> she she only lasted like four, four months. Since. Yeah. Um, what what was your impressions of young Tessa coming across? She's actually been a guest of the podcast once before. Oh. Um, and she also is down at the Saints now. She is. In the I BFL. have. Um, I've done a few high fives as I've gone past when we trained, sort of similar times. <laughs> so I did notice her and made sure I yeah said hello to her. And um, yeah, it's great to see her face. It's great to be see her back playing footy. Um, I know that her passion was basketball and things like that, but um, I've heard some good uh, positive signs from a few of the coaches at the Southern Saints that they, they're loving her down there. So, um, but, yeah, as a teammate, she was, yeah, someone that you remember forever, like just good fun. Um, Unless don't, you're your don't brother. Don't laugh. She's, <laughs> a good brother. teammate wouldn't have been the way I was described. I've got anyway. two older brothers, so I get picked on as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, fu- the funny thing, Nikki, is that I went to watch her play um, a couple of weeks ago at Busy Park and she was quite good. She missed a couple of shots on goal but looked really good out there. And then I spoke to Dad last week and I said, oh, how's she going? He goes, mate, she's running around in circles. No idea what she's doing. So I think they had a bit of a, a, bit of a tough day, a bit of a tough day at the office. But um, the quality of the game has, has come so far. I imagine, did you have, have you even noticed the difference in terms of BFLW since you were playing back at Darabin and, and the, the girls' comp back then? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, playing at Darabin and, and going to the doggies and now I'm back at Darabin playing in the BFL, um, definitely the leagues have picked up and, I guess it had to anyway, um, the standard quality, having, you know, the more teams coming in involved in the AFLW as well. So the VFL had to be getting stronger, um, definitely noticing that. Um, so, yeah, I think it's good signs that we're getting more resources, more support, um, backing us and things like that. And, and still, you know, it's one of the fastest growing sports for females. So the more the better and, yeah, we can help you know that's why my type of role like is our helping develop people on and off the field to be able to still um yeah go after your dreams and and now that we can play afl it's you know it's amazing it's sort of the norm now that girls and boys play footy so me growing up you know i have to watch my brothers play so yeah i love seeing it it's good <laughs> all right nikki this isn't a happy clappy isn't aflw great podcast there's enough of those we are strictly about the bulldogs here when was when did you know you were going to get drafted to Whitnow? because you grew up as a collingwood fan i believe uh yes yes so don't hold it against me and i, I do right. have my real teeth okay 
<laughs> but when 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 it was uh, Paul Groves was the coach then did he uh, you know call you out for a, you know to have a coffee or something or um, or was it actually on draft night you found out? Yeah, pretty much with the doggies. I I got a text message from our, the recruit um, list manager, which is um, Mick Sandry. So um, yeah, he he basically he sent me a message just saying, "Oh, just checking in. You're, you're in the draft and." Just it was very lighthearted. Like we know each other anyway, so um, just through the him coaching Melbourne Uni and things like that. So it was just a, a light message. Um, so I was like, oh, maybe, maybe some interest. No, not really. Um, sure. So um, who I chatted to was Collingwood and Carlton. So they're the two okay. people I had interviews with. Um, so yeah, I was sort of waiting for that. And the next minute, the Bulldogs picked me up. So, I, but I was not complaining. Like. The culture. What number pick were you? Um, oh god, that's a good. It's, it's down on my downstairs. I think it's eighty-seven. I think I was pick. <laughs> what? Oh, what a bargain! So, that's got to be. That's go, That's like James Heard. So, you know, so it was pick hundred and ninety. You, you're Tom Brady, Danny. Yes, one ninety-nine. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That's very nice of you. <laughs> what What was the the draft interview process like for you? I mean, we've spoken about a little bit on this um, this podcast before, and we've got a, an episode coming up about you know the, the draft experience as a whole. But how, how did you find the interview process and the sort of lead into the draft? Even though the Bulldogs didn't speak to you um, before you got picked up. Um. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Sort of, I think with, with Carlton, I sort of yeah knew the coaches more, so they sort of it was like a casual chat. Um, they knew what I was about, and because they 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 were in uh, within sort of the Victoria Academy program, so they sort of knew of me. It was more just a casual chat. Collingwood was quite professional, showed me around the whole facilities and stuff, and then asking me about you know just general things and scenarios and things like that. So I was like, oh okay, so it's a bit more you know professional there that side of it. Um, and draft wise, I got invited to the draft day, so. Um, there was only like a handful of like maybe about 50 girls, I think, that got invited for that day, I think. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like it was, it was pretty cute at age, whatever, 30 something. I won't say it too loud. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but sitting there with my parents either side of me was pretty cute. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, it was sort of just like it was sort of surreal. Like I'm like sitting there going, this is happening. This is like a, a female sort of. AFL thing happening so um yeah it was pretty incredible it was one of the best memories I've ever had so um that I'll get forever cherished so it would have been exciting and and to come into the I mean I remember at the start of AFLW the dogs and the demons were touted as the premiership favorites I don't know if that was lazy journalism just because they were the only teams that existed before (laughs) AFLW or if they genuinely was the hope what was the journey to the 2018 grand uh, premiership like as in um what was 2017 a disappointment because we didn't even make finals that year oh look we fit we started well and then we finished well so that was really good um first game and last game we won so we got to sing the song <laughs> in, in the start and the end so that was good um yeah I think uh, the one thing I took out of that first year it was um I think some coaches and sides in general like we're trying to sort of play uh, like technical, bit technical for girls' footy at the start. And it was the team that won was Adelaide who kept it so simple, their structures and stuff. And they just, their bodies were like more athletic or like fit and strong. 
I just remember playing um, Ange Foley for Adelaide and I was up against her and I just went flying at one stage and I thought that's where we've got to get to probably to get our bodies stronger, yeah, for the game of footy and stuff. So we were, yeah, we were fit as cardio and stuff, but then I think, you know, the high-performance staff and, and the physios and all that, they sort of put their heads together and said, right, what we need to do is, you know, still keep that same fitness in the cardio side of things, but let's bulk up the girls um, to be stronger and, and be able to take the bumps, the tackles, get back up. and So credit to the support staff, I'd say, as well as us following through and, and trusting go. that. Yes. Um, I think that was the difference that I I saw personally from year one to year two, um, just that side of it, everyone putting their heads together of what worked. Um, Grozy went away, came back in, yeah, found sort of like a, a game plan that was sort of simple but worked for what, you know, what, what he had as, as a team and us working together. It's amazing how far the, the AFLW has come in such a short amount of time. We had Berkey on um recently or just before Christmas, I think, Danny. And mm-hmm. clearly there's still, um, you know, a lot of room to grow. But um, what about in your current role now? So what does your sort of purview look like and how does the um, looking after well-being of players who have only just won their first game for the season go? Because I've been at football clubs where we've really struggled and it's a um, it's a tough place to work at times. Is, is that part of your role, keeping the place light and bubbly and, and the girls upbeat? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, that's the thing. You get to the, you know, almost towards the end of the season, you're like, oh, please, please, God, give us a win. Like, it's like I don't have any, many more other positive encouragement things to say. Like that. Other than, yeah, it sucks to lose. Um, yeah, it's, but... Um, that's why, like, I think I was so proud the other day. But, yeah, the well-being side for me is just, I think, in life, it's not just footy. It's in life. You're going to have your ups and downs. And, you know, it doesn't mean that your downs are always going to get be down. You know, there are ups coming. So it, it's how do you tackle those downs um, to get you through to the next week or day or whatever it may be. So for me, it's just, you know, uh, um, explaining situations and experiences in life where I've been down and that, like, you've got to go through the downs to, to enjoy the ups, I guess, and, and to experience the ups. So um, for me, it's just I think it's an important part in sport in general and, and life in general to, you know, get yourself right mentally to be able to perform at your best. So I'm passionate about that, um, that it's not all physical. It's it's a lot. It's, you know, they're saying it's majority is now mental. Um and you know, it's anything, you had a crappy day at work or whatever, you know, I'm there to chat, get it out of your head and then let's go, let's go and enjoy training, you know. Don't carry what you've had during the day, you know, that doesn't define you and um, and and I guess footy is an outlet, so try and find, you know, if that's what they enjoy doing, in keep enjoying it. Um, so, yeah, I think for me I am passionate about it, so it helps being in the wellbeing side of things um, because it's helped me over the years. So that's why I want to give back in that sort of sector. So, and do you, when when you're telling them, you know, footy upbeat stories, is it, do, how often do you bring up the 2018 Grand Final? <laughs> do you know what? I try not to. So I, and then like some of them turn around and like, yeah, but you've won a premiership. <laughs> like, so we'll, we'll listen to you. I go, oh, okay. I was like... <laughs> When during the 2018 season did you start to believe that this was really on the cards? Um, 
can I can I be honest with that year? I didn't even think at the end. And that's, you know, a lot of the coaches goes, it's all about the process week by week. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it probably was because I actually didn't think that anything about a premiership, it was just each week. How are we playing each week? Um, yeah, I know it pretty sounds corny or stuff, but I don't know. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Because for those who, who can't remember, you know, it, the, the structure of AFLW finals back then was you just, oh, we only pool. played two finals. You love the pool as well, yeah. The two pools the- there. <laughs> That's right. That was so annoying. No, no, no one matter. That <laughs> <laughs> didn't make any sense. But we we had such an epic win against the demons. In oh, the, that, that the, was like a prelim, like a traditional yeah. pre, prelim final. That was yeah. yeah. So and and because the D's were up by a point with what's it two minutes left? It wasn't long. I tell you that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> How do you remember the passage of play? Like, uh, did, what was your role in that dying, winning I think moment? I just was screaming. <laughs> I might have been on the, the far wing or something screaming. I'm like, they're probably not hearing me at all, but I'm screaming. <laughs> um, what? Yeah. Like, I just, I, could I tell you the last passage? No. And then I just remember going, oh, my God, we've won. <laughs> 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 and then jumping on people. So, yeah, it was sort of. I probably remember more about the the grand final that than the prelim final. I think. The well, let, let's so. let's talk about the grand final. Like uh, we, it, it was Brisbane. I seem to recall Brisbane were favourites, even though it was played here in Melbourne. Yeah, they were favorite, probably because they played the grand final the year before. So yeah, and they yeah they were probably more consistent during the year, I reckon. Um, but yeah, I think it you know as much as we didn't love the rain, it probably might have helped and suited that you know. We like down here in Melbourne, people. We we're used to you know four seasons in one day, so that yeah. that helped. Um, yeah, look, we started off. It was a bit you know not the way we play the style of. No, play. we played. We, we were awful for the first half. Let's be honest. Yeah. We didn't kick a yeah. goal until <laughs> just yeah, after half time. Inside, I'm like, okay, and I just remember Grobsy saying, "It's still one half, guys. It's not over. Like it's all good. It's yeah." And I oh, so he was positive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very positive. He was like, and all the coaches were. They, you know, we were sort of like, oh, how do we act? Are we waiting? What are you waiting for? A spray? What are we? And it was just not, not. It'll come. It'll click. And it, and okay. it did. So we just we played to ask. You know, our, who we had like play kick on. It's surge footy. You know, you've got players that are, are quick and can run to the ball. Like you know, your D Berry and Monconti and things like that. And um. And players like myself would just be like, yep, you keep running. I'll just block for you behind you because <laughs> you're quicker than me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the memories of that game is, yeah, we we just ne- we didn't give up. We, we got to half time mm. and thought, no, it's still another half to go and um, it'll come. So, yeah, it was definitely a how, moment I will never forget. <laughs> how was Ellie as a match day leader? Because, uh, you know, Katie Brennan was our captain back then but got rubbed out due to very dodgy um, suspension. But it actually worked out, I think, longer in the narrative because Ellie is a more, you know, she, you know, Katie, you know, tra- traitor, treacherously walked out on us. And Ellie became the, tr- you know, the, the true leader that she was born to be. So I love that she's the premiership captain. How was she on the day? On the day, like I always say to her, I'm like, you have like she just continues to mature and and grow and yeah, to step up on her grand final day like like she did and just take it in her stride. Um, yeah, she didn't sort of think too much. Oh yeah, I've got to be captain. I've got to do any more. No, and that's what I've always 
said to her, I'm like, just keep being you and your leadership will show in, in your actions. And, yeah, like she was young then and now she's a bit older and she's still, yeah, staying true to herself and that's what I love about her. And we do have to wrap up pretty soon, but uh, what, my last question is uh, uh, of the current Bulldog squad, Is with, I see so many players that I'm just excited about in the next few years, Celine Moody, Eleanor Brown, uh, Ashley Guest. They're just, they're, they all seem to be just constantly improving. Is there any players that I might not have noticed yet and, and us, uh, you know, muggles, civilians, <laughs> who, is there any like rookies uh, on the dogs list that we should really be keeping an eye on? Um, who I noticed? Um I think just in general, their their midfield, like Little Lizzie and and Fitzgerald. Um, I think she's good. Yeah, yeah, just those two. I think you know you're going to see your Ali and your your Lammy. They're just guiding them really well. Um, so you can get to the stage where them two can go and rest in, down forward, and the, those young ones around the midfield will, will step up. And as their bodies again, they mature and get bigger. Um, you've already noticed that they've got bigger again, and the more that they mature, I think. Um, they're the ones that I'm noticing that just their confidence and, and taking on the game a bit more and and understanding of the game too, you can tell it's only going to get better. So, um, yeah, but, yeah, still I'm proud of, like, all the originals that, you know, like your Bonnie and, and your Lammy and your Blackers and um, it's great to see Dee Berry and, um, you know, Brooke and there's all of them. I love them all. I could notice it. You know, I'm like, can I? <laughs> but, Please. Yeah, I know you need to wrap it up. So, but yeah, that's, that's all right. right. I might not be there um, physically, but I'm watching them every week. I massage Bonnie and, and Lammy and some of the other doggies girls as well. So I'm still looking after them. Um, you know, we should point out that you're a professional masseuse. Oh yeah, sorry. Just, uh... That's <laughs> Just Tuesday afternoon, go around to Mickey's place, everyone. <laughs> yes, I removed all my self service. I've been doing it for almost 20 years. So, um, yeah, that's another way I, I'm able to, you know, look after my pups on the side as well. So, um, <laughs> and then, yeah, they can still have a debrief with mum, as they say. So, <laughs> yeah, I was just about, to, I was just about to bring that up. So, the, uh, uh in coupling with you looking after the hearts and minds of the opposition, um, you still do, um, you know, take on that mum uh, title with uh, with endearment these days, or oh, is, um, is that lasted through the club transition? I do, and then like anything I do at the Saints, like they're like, oh, now I understand why they called you mum, and they <laughs> <laughs> and it'd just be like here and there. I'm like, oh yeah, it's carrying on. Oh, I I've got this. This is uh, yeah. I can't get away from it. But, no, no, it's fine. I, it's just life experience, guys. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maturity. All right. One final thing before we finish up. When do you think uh, the do- – like, you know, we, we hopefully can make finals this year, but it's sort of out of our hands. When do you reckon uh, we'll be back and on the dais lifting that cup? Oh, um. That's all right. Saints fans won't hear this, so you can be as you can be as. Oh no, you know, we're, we're on our way too, Saints. Saints, we've got a young side too, so yeah. they know they're on their way. And yeah, um, but doggies fans, ah, uh, look, they've impressed me with the game, like the game, three games that they won, you know, and almost four games in a row in this, like six games in, not long at all or something. Um, mm-hmm. So they're almost ahead of where I thought they were, like, you know. So, look, who's to say not next year or the year after? So, yes, yeah, Berkey stays with them and 
and the group stays, you know, as much as together as they can. I know the new sides are coming in. So, again, there's going to be a few girls um, dispersing off to the new teams. Oh, so. no. Piss off, Goddard. Don't touch our kid. Don't hey, touch them. Danny, have you actually, like, noted down all the girls we've lost in, in since the start and, and yeah. how well they're doing? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine uh, we yeah. back. <laughs> oh, man. Let's bring it back to when it was just Melbourne and the Bulldogs. Uh, then the exhibition games. Yeah, let's bring it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, look, there's positive signs, and I love I love seeing that. So you can you can tell that the girls are thriving under Berkey. So it's good signs. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. You are a genuine bull god, and uh, <laughs> we hope that when that when we lift the Premiership Cup in a couple of years, we, we hope it's with Berkey. But then uh, when we go back to back, I think Berkey should hand it over, and uh, Mum brings home oh, Premiership is number the, three. The coach is she? Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> Mum's going to be coach. <laughs> like coach mum <laughs> works for thanks me thanks so much for your time Nikki. no worries thanks guys for having me enjoy your day <laughs> so let's talk draftees let's for talk the third time <laughs> for the third time we got it down pat though hey did you know we're signing Sam Darcy that's right funnily enough we haven't only just got past Sam so this we're will excited. be the third time for Sam but for um, well let, let's do it in a nutshell because we did waffle a lot we got distracted yeah, by discussing the sure. Matrix movies uh, me, me running for president of the Bulldogs but not having any policy so you had to come up with them all yep. uh, yeah I think that's all the nonsense we, we, we had we got to Arthur Jones briefly so that was our second we will pick. get to Arthur Jones so um, I think I'm probably as uniquely placed to discuss um, Sam's run into uh, the draft and his, the expectations and all that stuff. Simply you've, because you've lived it. I've lived it. I've, I've lived the high draft pick. So Sam's obviously picked two. Um, Who was uh, picked two after you? Uh, Josh Kelly. Um, <laughs> but God. pick two. What's so, he ever done? He's a good player. He is. Um, so pick, pick two in a normal draft does fly under the radar a little bit. Yep. So not much, a little bit. Um, uh Obviously, because there's pick one and there's all the expectations and it's a bit yeah. more media and hype about that and everyone loves looking at pick one and it's funny, it's like no one cares about who came second sort of thing. <laughs> Until later on when they either don't perform and then they start criticising it very heavily. Yes, and then they do the redrafts and, oh, pick yeah, 63 yeah, yeah. should have been chosen. Heard it all before. Isn't it all fun? Oh, yeah, it's great. I um, would still choose you number one, mate. Well, that's great because, you know, um, otherwise I might not have ended up at the – actually, yeah oh. – I don't know. Anyway, we, we uh, thankfully we picked Bond to pick four. That's all I'll say. <laughs> thankfully, I didn't slip to pick four, and we missed out on Bond. So um, that was probably the draft of the century. So, um, so I think there's a there's a couple of things. So because Sam's picked two, he's um, would in a normal draft perhaps fly under the radar a little bit. Not much. Not he's, these days. He's six foot uh, nine. Well, 205 he, centimetres. They but all say he yeah. would have gone number one if it wasn't for exactly the father-son. Exactly right. Son. And they say that about all the father-sons. They've been saying that about, you know, yeah. they said it about Joe Danaher. I think they said it about uh, Darcy Moore maybe as well. Possibly. I've said it about Mitch Wallace, Lockie Hunter. Sure. Uh, Isabel uh, Grant. Yep. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> all of them. Isabella Grant should have been number one, even in the men's. <laughs> and I think the funniest thing is um, that Sam might as well be number one pick. Um, yeah, in, terms of, in terms of chatter, talk, 300-game player as a dad, um, father-son, all of this expectation going around. And the one thing that um, stands out to me is that his preparation has been all over the shop coming yeah. into the – you know, he's had Not stress through, fractures. Through no fault of his own. No, no. He's had injuries um, for as far as I can tell. I, I think I saw um, on the dog's Instagram at some stage he was first run back sort of thing. 
Um, and that was only a few weeks ago. Yeah. So, but he's had two years of just living in his own house. Yeah, and not the other thi- and the other thing is that as a big guy, um, you need to get control of the you know your limbs and sort out all of that stuff on the football field. You can't do it in the gym. Yeah. Um, you can't do it by running. You can't do it at home. So he's got a um, a runway that is far compromised compared to what mine was. But the thing that he does have going for him is that hopefully, having learned the lesson at the Bulldogs over the last couple of years with Jamara, um, you know, obviously with my journey, that they give him the run-in that he deserves, which yes. is time. And that, that we're not talking about the coaches. I mean, we are talking about the coaches. We stuff are. Here. We're also talking to you, the fans. Yes, the fans. Give him a chance. Yeah. He is not going to be good for probably three years. I, I, the, I, think, I would say closer to five. Yeah. I, so I, I would say um, there's a way to look at footballers, which fans tend to do, which is that they look at footballers as to what they can do rather than what they actually do. Yeah, right? okay. So the one I'll try and describe this in the most succinct way that makes sense to everyone. So... If you think about Jamara, he's come onto the field. He's played that game against up up in Gold Coast, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We kicked three. It was brilliant. That's what he can do. Yes. But he had five touches and kicked three goals, right? Or something like that. Yeah. What he actually does from a week-to-week basis, that is the bit they're trying to build up, right? So they're trying to build up the minimum viable product that you turn out every single week as a footballer. For midfielders, it's a lot easier because it's tackle, chase, get the ball, use your body, skill. And really what you're, <clears throat> excuse me, trying to fight against is these guys that you're playing against are just a bit bigger and stronger and have done it for a bit longer. Yeah. But the, the game or the, the essence of your game is the same. As a forward, you're trying to build up how you can contribute to the team other than just kicking goals and taking marks. Which is, takes a long time. What do you do? What does what What does a forward do? You're talking, uh, you know, drawing defenders, bringing the ball to ground, yeah. competing, tackling, physical, um, the ability to uh, to perform outside of the realm of just yeah that simple um, thing that the fans watch and see. And, and I think the the biggest challenge for Sam is going to be how he's going to compete with the likes of. Um, uh, you know, the Tom Stewart's, the big, uh, strong defenders that he's going to come up yeah, with. Yeah, the guys in their late 20s and early 30s who yeah. are uh, you know, absolutely conditioned. They're yeah. in the peak of their careers. The Robbie Tarrants. Yes. What just, do you do against them? Well, to be frank, when you're young, there's not a lot you can do. <laughs> you just wait till yeah. you become that age. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely not um, It's definitely not a waiting. And obviously, we've had a couple of cracks at these episodes. So, the, the way I put it before is... You need to be impatient at the same time as being realistic. realistic. Um, yeah, and you're talking Sam's mindset. In Sam's mindset. Um, and I certainly wasn't. Um, and that was, you know, partially because of the contract, um, the expectation. Yeah, you were unfairly brought in as the Messiah. Yeah, and I was 19, um, really, and I should have been looking at playing really good, consistent AFL footy at the age of 23, 22. Yeah. I wanted to play uh, as the number one key forward at the age of 19, yeah, um, which you know I showed glimpses of, but to be honest, it, yeah, I wasn't capable of it at that stage. And then I got some more freedom in the ruck, which I thought was really useful for my career, especially in 2016, which obviously worked out very well for all of us. Um, <laughs> but um, at the other end of the spectrum, you know, I was probably too ambitious without being grounded in, okay, I'm trying to get better every week. And, and I just didn't have the, the realistic sense that, hey, I'm actually improving. And improvement is the goal, not 
um, the destination of being this superstar now. Yeah, but the journey, not the destination. Yeah, which is as cliche as it comes. Yeah, but, but it's and, life. Yeah, exactly. It is life. Yeah. And, and it's something that, you know, the footballers are particularly bad at. And it's also really difficult as a key position player because, once again, you see a lot of your teammates who are midfielders um, who have been drafted after you moving ahead. Yeah, But they're yeah, not yeah. moving ahead. They're just at a different stage than you to start with. They're like little uh, uh, Holden Barinas who yeah. move fast and you're a big truck. You know, you'll, yeah. you'll get your top speed and you'll you'll be absolutely the best, well, but they're going to zip yeah. in front of you. I, I would I would even put it another way in which I would put that the ceiling for Sam is so much higher than many of the teammates that he'll have yeah, around nice. him. Yeah, right? Because there's, no, there's, only, there's only one bot and there's only one, you know, most of those midfielders cap out at being really, really good, consistent players, but they don't end up being superstars of the game. So... Um, as a fan base, you know, my position is that we obviously need to be um, supportive. We need to be looking at the end goal of we want Sam to be a great player for us for 10 years. Yes. We don't want him to be a good player for us in the next three years at the cost of that. He'll come along when he comes along. And um, this will be tragic for people to hear, but realistically, we're only going to get maybe two seasons where both Sam and Bont are playing consistent senior footy together. Well, I mean, Bont's a young 26-year-old, so he's, yeah. he's a November baby, I think. Okay. So, so I would say it'd be unlikely that Bont... Like, uh, Bont's going to play well into his 30s, would yes. be my suggestion. So yeah. we're going to see probably four or five years... Um, Hang on, no, let's, let's do that joke we did before. Oh, yeah. of, uh, uh, you, you called no, Bont's Bont. going to play forever, so he's going to play like Tom Brady. and he's. He, He's going to play till he's 44. So, so he's going to play to, at the Bulldogs till he's 43 and then do one season at the Gold Coast Suns and win their first premiership. Yeah, and then he's going to play a second season and get a bit disenfranchised yeah. of the whole thing. And then, and then he lose his competitive edge and then yeah. he's going to you know, come back and not he's not going to thank us at all. <laughs> Which is <laughs> what Brady did was only take Tampa. Um, so I think we'll get probably three, probably three years where Bond's still in his prime. Okay, cool. Um, but that's not much. In a, you know, it's a blink no, of an eye. Not in the scheme of things, but we're going to have it. So, you know, the, the complexion of the team is going to change drastically. And Bond's yeah. in his, so Bond will be going into his ninth season, um, which seems crazy. He started yesterday. Ridiculous. Um, but the things he's obviously accomplished has been um, been remarkable. But look, I just think, um, you know, given the nature that, yeah, as you mentioned in the previous recording, um, Luke Darcy's on the board, his dad's on the board. That adds another form of complexity. Mm. Um They've got um, the fact that, uh, you know, we don't have a, an established ruckman. We're looking for probably another key forward to help Tim and um, and Aaron and Steph's probably maybe on his last season. Oh, yeah, you'd, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd think assume so. so. So we're a little slim in the, the stock department where he's going to play, um, which will lead to some impatience. Um, but I really what I'm hoping for for the coaches is to um, yeah to support him to get his body in the, the space where he can handle it. Um, I, re- I, reckon, I reckon we'll be okay there because if any club knows how to play with an inexperienced ruck but a good midfield, that is the Footscray Football Club. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, what's really funny. Imagine if they still had the third man up rule. I'd be way more comfortable with Sam playing. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You've you said many times, that absol- them getting rid of that rule absolutely screwed us. I know us. for a fact that there was conspiring going on from opposition coaches to change the rule to stop us. <sighs> a fact. Name names. Clarko? Yeah. Well, they just look around the, the room and um, of coaches at that time and who had big Ruckman. There's, <laughs> there's your clue. <laughs> All right. Buckley. Um, yeah. Or and, uh, Anderlands. <laughs> Aaron Sandler. Ah, yes. Yes. So, um, who was coaching then? Ross Lyon. Ross Lyon was coaching then. And yeah. then Adam Simpson was coaching at West Coast with Nick Nat. Oh, no. 
Um, Bloody West Australia. And then but, we lose and, the and grand final in Perth. Gorney and look, to be honest, I, the re- resurgence of the ruck position has been evident since then. But all, all I'm saying is that I think um, it'll be fascinating. And um, heaping this expectation that Sam's going to be the player we want him to be in the next couple of years is going to do no good to yeah. anyone. Yeah. So, um, so stop it. I know you're getting so you be hopeful about other things. You know, Sam will come. Just yeah. need a bit of patience. Yeah. It's like saying you're going to get a PlayStation 5 next Christmas. Yeah, or the PlayStation 6 is coming out in 2025. There you go. So, but you, And we're going to get you that. <laughs> you will get that, but you have to wait. Um, so, and, and also we'll be fascinated to see where he plays. Um, clearly he likes playing forward. He likes kicking goals. All well and good at 205. It's pretty hard to hide from the ruck position yes. given the club's position. <laughs> but he also is, a, you know, he's a wiry kid. He's got a lot of size to put on. They won't want to put it on too quickly. Um, you know, what happens if you put it on too quickly? What if he, like, you know, just bulked up? He won't be able to run. Um, uh, okay. You know, there's always issues surrounding, you know, stress fractures, back issues. Yeah, of course. And he's already had stress fractures. So. Yeah. So, All right. Patience. Yeah. There we go. All right. Patience. Who's next? So... Uh, at pick Arthur 43, Jones. so we must have done a bit of shuffling, and I, I'm sure I probably should know this or, or did know this at one stage, but we must have done some shuffling to get one to get to Sam to get into that first round. But having said that, the way that the father-son works is that it's based on round, I believe. So, Mate, the, and yeah. when I look at people who understand how the draft works with the points and everything, I look at the, the guy in the Matrix just watching the codes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just amazing. It's, um, the uh, I think that the points thing was just introduced because the father-son got too unfair, pretty much. Well, that was part of it. Okay. Because, remember, free agency came in and then they started basically having compensation picks, which was like, that was unfair. Because that was based on contract size, which is, you know, disproportionate if you're going to a club with a huge cap. And then you've got father-son, but it's like, if Sam's ranked... Um, pick one and we get him at pick 18, that seems unfair. Yeah. You know, because you just have to match it by it's like if you bid first round, then no one can outbid you. So even now I'm, 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 I'm not really sure what's going so on. So really all, all, that, all that we're saying is that, um, you know, you basically get the father-son by um, – you just have to offer up the best round and then you get bidded by the other clubs because they're yeah. just trying to keep you accountable. And if they bid a first round, if any club does, we have to as well. Right, okay. So – I don't know how we ended up with pick two, um, but anyway, we did. And North we, Melbourne were terrible and got a priority pick, even though priority picks aren't a thing anymore. Yeah, so we must have shuffled down a, a few rungs because our, our next pick is uh, Arthur Jones. I'm excited about this guy. Just uh, like there was great footage of his fa- friends going ballistic as his name was read out, Yeah, which yeah, was really exciting. You showed me that before and, um, you know, it's one of the things you miss out on. So within my own journey, you know, I was up at Here we the go. Gold Coast. Here's a heartbreaking story of being the number one draft yeah, pick. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> horrible. Um, so you obviously don't get to watch it with your friends. You get to watch it with mum and dad, but there's yeah. a lot, it's sort of a lot of, you know. You're at a, a formal like, Very formal. Event. You know, I'm in slacks and um, some dodgy, you know. Shoes that I found that and I you've fit in. known for like months that GWS are picking you. Yeah, I did. Most players don't. So there, there's a there actually is a really small cohort of people who get invited to um, the convention centres and basically invite. They they want the top ten picks to be there. Yeah. So nowadays, what they do is they confirm the top ten privately, then they ah. announce it. They didn't used to do that when I was getting drafted. So they used to just like spitball and invite seventeen or eighteen players who are in the mix. But obviously the complexion of the draft changes based on who gets picked before. So Bont was a surprise selection in my draft, which yeah. screwed the whole order up. And wasn't rest. that because Essendon had draft picks scrapped due to 
the drug saga? I don't know. I can't remember. It would have been about I've heard that. that time. Yeah, and so he went. What, so we got that pick rather than Essendon. Oh, yeah, so maybe. yeah, he should have been. Yeah, should have yeah. been a bomber. That, that sounds about right. They, I um, heard that from a bomber's mate. So anyway, fact checker. That sounds about right. Um, so the, the, there is a group of players who actually go and attend the Gold Coast um, event, or they did that year, who didn't get selected in the top ten. Ugh, awkward. And then slide into the you know the teens, and I think um, Louis Taylor ended up going twenty something. Or rather, yeah, and he was sitting on my table, so it's kind of this weird thing where the top ten get presented, and then there's still seven or eight guys in the room. Yeah, they've flown up, so they're happy they got drafted, but they don't get the fanfare. Yeah, it's sort of a bit of a, it's a bit, and, of, you, and then you miss out on that experience that Arthur Jones had, which is sitting with your mates and just going, "How good is this? So exciting! I've just been selected." You know, he's a boy from um, down in Mount Barker, which is four hours south of Perth. Okay, um, down near Albany, I think. From oh, I nice. Tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so he's a whaler by trade. Margaret River Territory <laughs> or a bit further. Um, supposedly a beautiful part of the world. But yeah, I, um, I, I have to say that missing out on that bit with your mates watching the draft, I think is something that, uh, yeah, I think it would have been fun. Yeah. Mine was slightly different. So um, we're excited to have a bit of speed. And they, they, they've said in his bio that he's got speed and endurance. Which Great. Is, which is, it's a winning combination. Which is rare, um, <laughs> to say the least. Yes. Oh, no, um, I have neither, so... Well, that's common. Yeah. <laughs> every, every, every other person. And he's got a good old man name, yeah, Arthur Jones. Yeah, it's a very strong name. It's the, it's the oldest name we've had since Billy Gowers, who, yeah, who I true. believe played in the... You know, William too, Bill. William Gowers. Yeah. See, that just... Like, if you say, when did William Gowers play? You go, 1928? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Somewhere between the first and the second. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, super excited to have um, some speed and endurance in the team. Uh and and look, I think he's probably benefited being a WA boy from be, playing footy. You know, yeah, that's a good for the point. Last couple of years, yes. so um, yeah, it'd be exciting to see him and and see how he goes. Um, again, and he was part of that. Uh, they put on social media the uh, welcome to country yep. ceremony. Him and Jamara, which is which is great because we have not had enough Indigenous players. At yeah, the yeah, and I, I don't know exactly why it is because we've always you know done a lot in the Indigenous space. Yeah. You know, Brett Goods has been it was there for a long time. Yeah. Um, we've always, um, you know, Luke Beveridge in particular is a big, big proponent of, um, you know, the Indigenous culture and learning and, you know, we've been massive about always, you know, explaining the the jumper, the Indigenous jersey. Yeah. So it's just been a – I don't know why it's happened. It's just – it's weird because we have one of the greatest uh, Indigenous players of all times in Nicky Winmar. Yeah. But uh, for some reason, people just remember that few years he played at St Kilda. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's really strange. Yeah. I can't, can't imagine why. Um, so, yeah, that in itself is great. Um, and, uh, yeah, it'll be exciting to see see those boys develop over the next couple of years. And, and then we've got a uh, bit further down the line, 61. Bad we've number for Bulldogs. Bad number. I hope that's Luke, not a curse for him. Luke Cleary. I can't imagine he's he's worried about that. Um, <laughs> but again, same. He's come from Sandringham, so he hasn't played a lot of footy. Plays across half back. Um, you know, they all say that they're all superstars when they come through the draft. So yeah, what did they say about you? You know, do, do you remember your blurb? Uh, prodigy, ready made, key forward. Wow, which of. is not true. No, you're never a ready-made key forward. No, no, I don't. I don't know one single player who was a ready-made key forward. Luke Dar- uh, uh Jack Darling was probably the closest, but he was like a he's Buddy he, maybe. Uh, maybe I don't know. Did Bud play? He played a bit, but key forward in terms of more like unicorn. 
Like yeah. he's, you know, <laughs> he's just that much better than everyone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I, I, I try to explain. Um, you know, there's this really interesting thing that happens when you're a young key forward and you come in and, like I was talking about with Sam, it's just trying to outsmart, outmanoeuvre people who are fitter, stronger, smarter, and more experienced than you. Yes. It's just, it's really, really difficult. So, um, yeah, certainly um, from my perspective, that was the biggest shock going yeah. into the system. Because funnily enough, I dominated the drills through preseason. Okay, so you're feeling really pretty good. So I remember um, Leon spoke to Josh Kelly and I and we were basically saying, oh, you guys are doing really, really well. Like you're right, right amongst it. Then we started doing match sim. I couldn't get match simulation. So, you know, basically just playing intra clubs. Yeah. I couldn't get near it. Really? And I was like... But this is at the Giants. I thought you were all kids. I was like, well, they're all like the same, but two or three years older. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. I was like, why can't I get a kick? Because the game is so different. So, um, you know, for... Luke um, Cleary's uh, our number one, uh, number sixty-one pick. You know he's going to be a completely different kettle of fish to what he's used to. Playing halfback is um, a challenging position once you move from juniors to seniors because you have to actually defend. Yeah, which is yeah. not something that comes naturally to most halfbacks. They just sit back there and rack them up. And then we've got um, at uh, in the rookie draft, we picked up Charlie Parker. Now, do you know Charlie? You, are you too young to know Charlie Parker, the musician? I am the yes. bird. Uh, he's a famous jazz musician. Yeah, um, yeah. Any good? Apparently, yeah. I'm not <laughs> so usually so into jazz. <laughs> so, you, so you're saying you know the name? You just don't know. Anything. Yes. <laughs> so the funny thing they've got about Charlie is, and this is one thing I do, uh, I do find interesting about um, the labelling of players. Okay, they've got him as utility. <laughs> they used to have that on footy cards when it was w- like, which, yeah, we don't know. <laughs> w- <laughs> utility means. We're not sure. We think he's got something, but we don't know where he fits. Yeah, fair enough. Fair so enough. we at one point. Well, that's, that, that works with the jazz. You know, you can't define <laughs> jazz. You just you can't define Charlie art. Parker. It's just art, man. It's not the it's not the kicks he makes. It's the kicks he doesn't make. Yeah, that's, that's right. It's it's not it's not the it's not the X's and O's. It's not the ones and zeros. <laughs> it's the intangible stuff, the oh. real essence of the game. Oh man, I'm excited to have Charlie. Yeah, Parker maybe he's on. got like really good like communication skills or banter on the field or something. Oh, that's that's the the additional. Has anyone ever been drafted based purely on banter? Because that's my only hope. Oh, it's got to be in the plus column. But see, the problem is all these recruiters are all just you know stiffs. They want you all to be fit in a box so that they can define you in one way, shape, or form. They this don't is, like the banter. This is why I never played. <laughs> The that, only that reason missing insurance, man. That speed, yeah, and, and height and skills, and the ability to skip. Hey, I got height. I'm taller than Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see Charlie's mature age. So that'll just be an interesting one. I don't, and I can see from the jumper he's come from Sturt in yes, uh, the okay. Santafel. So again, would have played some footy. Um, I think they won the flag. Now a this years one ago. I'm excited about. This rookie draft pick. Okay, I'm a big fan of. So Robbie McComb. I have a long history of playing against Robbie. Oh, really? He's my age. So, Robbie is a twin, yeah. identical twin. Nice. And um, his brother, I'm going to guess, I think it's Luke. Okay. Luke and Robbie. And if it's not Luke, I'm close, I think. Yeah. Anyway, I can tell me about the last name, right? So, 
So the two of them were fantastic footballers growing up. They played at Furniture Gully. We used to play against them. And it felt like we were playing against a guy who was getting 70 touches a game because they were both really, really good. Did you not realise that they were twins? Well, did you of think course it was we one? did. But you just the, within the blur of the game. Oh, man, yeah. I used to play against guys who were identical twins. And it wasn't until like the fourth time I played against <laughs> yeah, them I realised they were twins. Yeah, so we, we worked it out early because they, they kind of had a bit of like a cult following. Not a cult following. They were kind of almost like, you know, pseudo famous for yeah. the suburbs because, you know, they were just two gun young footballers and I think his brother and again I'll use the name Luke because I think it's Luke he was a gun cricketer so oh, okay. they, so they sort of both went their separate ways but um, he ended up playing at Vermont I believe um, and then has been playing at Footscray BFL for a little bit and has been just one of those hopeful players that we can turn into an AFL footballer you think okay. Will Hayes um, you know the guys who have come through the VFL system we've picked them up Obviously, Ryan Gardner is playing with us at the moment. He's played yep. a couple of seasons. Billy Gowers as well. Dale Morris. Dale Morris to go back. Uh, Pico well, was playing yep. at Williamstown. Did he? No, we didn't have a VFL side. We, we had Williamstown for a bit. We had Werribee. Well, he must we have been a fit. Yeah, that would have been. I technically, yeah, he would have been back then. Um, so we've got a long list of players we've turned into to, to players who can play at the top Let's level. Do it. So, so I think Robbie. Uh, yeah, again, I think he's my age. So. Um, uh, you know, tough, fit, strong, inside, mid, small. And we could throw his brother on if he's getting a bit late. That's leggy. right. That's right. <laughs> that, would, that would be great. <laughs> just, just do it once, man. I've always been massively disappointed. Just the preseason games. That, exactly. That for one JLT match, uh, Brad and Chris Scott Whatever just it's called these days. <laughs> just swapped. Yeah, though they don't quite... No, they're not. They're, they're not, they're they not close. Stuff. But they're also not quite close enough. Because, you know, Brad's, um, you know, uh, gone to work for the AFL. He's got the shorter hair. Chris has gone the slick back. I know, but back in the day, back in the day, they could have done it. I I remember watching Brisbane, but I was young. Um, uh, They're this, Robbie and, and, again, I keep saying, I think it's Luke. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's Luke. So sorry if it isn't. Um, They're identical right identical like super similar similar build everything so anyway super excited for him it'd be great to see him succeed get on the field um oh anthony scott um another example that we've obviously picked up tony scott so and then finally we've got uh cody uh rock it might be um r double a k is he looks like he's a willy boy is that williamstown it looks like williamstown to me yeah um so he's come out of the next gen academy which is, I think, basically where. I, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested to see uh, to see uh, hear see and hear a bit more about him. Um, he's obviously hasn't played in a couple of years. He's another Victorian. Um, there's a R double A K rack. There's a lot of nicknames you could go there. Yeah, the rack, rack Manonoff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to learn. I'm interested to learn more about him. So he's 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 from the Western Suburbs, which we love. Champion, which we love. Yep. We we love a Western Suburbs boy. Think Lockie Hunter. Yeah. Um. Think you know Peter Gordon. Think from Danny Delray. Danny Delray. <laughs> um. Yeah. Think think all all um all things Western Suburbs works well with the Bulldogs. So yeah, really excited from him. This sounds like he's going to be playing in the defensive half of the ground, maybe as a small defender. Um, and hey, so even if some of these draft picks don't play for the Western Bulldogs, man, I'm excited as a Footscray fan. Like, I love yeah. watching our VFL, you know, win flags. So yeah, for sure, this and would be great. And, and, and interestingly, I think because we've got such a back ended draft, so we've got basically Sam and then Daylight and then pick forty six or forty three, forty three, something, yeah. something for for Arthur, and then 
um, Arthur Jones. And then 61, then rookie, rookie, rookie. Um, yeah. And then obviously elevating uh, Ryan Gardner to our primary list, but he's been around for three years now. He actually came in. He's the guy who replaced me. Oh, really? Yes. The identical – so he was the list change. I, so when I um, left, it was before the mid-season draft, so they picked him up as uh-huh. the key position player. So um, – so it'll be interesting to see again. Like we're probably going to see these guys start the, almost exclusively all their careers in the VFL. That's fine. Um, which will be great to see their development. And um, again, we need to obviously replenish our list. We've been playing at the top of the ladder, which is no good for draft picks. No, but good for morale, good for well, the club. We've hit fifty thousand members for the first time pre-Christmas. Look at I us think. go! Um, the club's in a great position, and and this is the uh, the future of the club. So damn straight. Um, It'll be exciting uh, year to come to see these boys get out on the field. Yes. Go dogs. Today's episode was proudly brought to you by 8 Star Energy, creating energy for the future and power you can count on. Follow them on Facebook, 8 Star Energy. I gave my childhood to that role of the red, white and blue sea. And the knowledge that you had to love The Bulldog Boys and me Twenty years on, I feel that longing Hanging in September air But the reason I go every week Is to pretend you're still there And they will find the glory one day And I will throw it at your feet it's a long, long road they're running for you The dogs of Footscray Streets It's a long, long road they're running for you The dogs of Footscray Streets